0: Hello and welcome back to There's a Book for That, a podcast in which I, the resident bookworm in any friend group, talk about books I've read and apply them to issues in everyday life. Today we're on day two of our Valentine's Week special, talking about love from different angles through different books. Love is such an interesting subject to talk about because it's ostensibly so important for so many of us, to the extent that there's a whole commercial day of guilt and longing set aside to make those in love feel bad for not showing it and those not in love long for someone to spend the day with love's great and yet for a lot of people if statistics social media tv and of course just talking to people be believed love proves elusive time and time again and if not elusive disappointing I want to take a different approach today, looking at why it's so easy for us to be disappointed in love, all the ways in which we may be setting ourselves up to fail, in romantic contexts and otherwise. To do this, we'll be looking at a tiny part of the book, The Colour Purple, by Alice Walker. So, for some background... I recently had an experience where I was talking to a friend We're talking about my house I really love my house I'm making it cuter every day But as I tell people It's also just a reflection of my budget Not necessarily my taste There are things I would want to do differently But I've set a beautiful foundation And I'm building on that And it's lovely and it's cosy and it's mine And I adore being in it In fact, I refuse to leave my house most days (laughs) So I was talking to this friend And she said something about my decor being from the same shop I love that shop And I pointed out to her that there was a colour scheme that I wanted. And that shop happened to have my colour scheme when I was decorating. So, of course, I made life easy for myself. And then she looks around the house and says, oh, I didn't notice. She didn't notice that the plates and the cups matched the curtains and the bath mats. And I found that so interesting because people really are different. We do not all care about the same things. And while this is not a problem generally, I see a lot of videos where we've been fed a steady diet of movies in which it does become a problem when this is the person that you're married to or living with. We're told that you're going to find someone who's going to complete you and they're going to be basically your soulmate slash twin. And that's not generally what happens. With a friend who can go back to their home, it doesn't matter if you have the same standards of cleanliness, if you don't care about clothes, if you share the same hobbies or ideas about what is aesthetically pleasing or fun. But in a relationship, this can frequently be the dripping water that erodes the foundations. This experience made me think of the colour purple and the passage that I will now read and where I stand on love versus compatibility when it comes to marriage. I'm not planning on getting married I'm just here to talk to you people (laughs) do what you want (laughs) full disclosure I've watched way too many Bollywood movies and I have a very unhealthy view of arranged marriages um in that I want one actively (laughs) I definitely come down on team compatibility over love but of course this is not without its own issues However, I still hold up when it comes to relationships and marriage, especially for people who are planning to have children. You need to value the same essentials. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. Value. That is what is valuable, not your values. Um, you might say, oh, we're both Labour Party supporters. We're both Conservatives. We're both Spanish. We're both hockey players. Um Those might be your values, your ethics We both believe that homeless people are lazy Yeah, you're both agreed about that But in the house Do you believe that birthdays are something that should be celebrated And how? This is the value that I'm talking about Not the Labour Party stuff We both play hockey stuff Our parents are both from the same country stuff Because that's big and overarching Cultural differences kind of stuff, sure But I think closer, one-on-one in the relationship, the things that you notice the most is the places where you make effort. And that's what we're talking about today when I'm talking about value. The things where you notice that I made an effort and it also makes you happy. And the things where I make effort and I want you to notice. So, like probably a lot of us who've read The Color Purple, I first read this book at school. And I was fascinated by the new world that was being presented to me. Coming from Africa and now living in the UK, I was not familiar with the story of Black Americans or African Americans. Uh, So this was definitely one of my first entries into a completely different world about people who were very similar and very different. I loved Alice Walker and Maya Angelou at that age, learning about worlds with different characters who were also very similar. Delving into The Colour Purple, I of course loved the character of Celie and had a lot of empathy with her. For those of you who have not read the book, at its heart, The Colour Purple is a book about women, about black women, and the ways in which life is frequently unkind to them. As you read the book, you meet different women who all have stories to tell. And even though their lives are far from being perfect And they frequently encounter sexual and physical violence They have a strength and a beauty in their character Which makes them worth engaging with I think it's important to talk about these difficult subjects Especially when you're talking about this book But for today and for this week We're going to a pleasant, softer place (laughs) We join our heroines, Celie and Shug Two women linked to, the se- to each other by the same man, Mister Who is Celie's older husband And Shug, his on and off paramour Celie and Shug have been getting closer And what I suppose today we would think of as a sort of polyamorous relationship In which everybody is getting a little bit of what they need In Celie's case, it's a friend, among other things And they talk about life and everything else Shug shares her views on theology and religion and the importance of acknowledging the love of God in everything that he made for us to enjoy. Accordingly, by enjoying what God made, we show our appreciation and praise him. Even with things like sex, which we're often encouraged to think about as taboo within religious circles. So there's a conversation that Celia and Shug have And it is this conversation that we're privileged to eavesdrop on. Shug, an older lady, sharing her wisdom, says, quote, Listen, God love everything you love and a mess of stuff you don't. But more than anything else, God love admiration. Silly says, You saying God vain, I asked? No, she say, not vain, just wanting to share a good thing. I think it pisses God off if you walk by the colour purple in a field somewhere and don't notice it. What'd it do when it pissed off? I asked. Oh, it makes something else. People think pleasing God is all God care about, but any fool living in the world can see it always trying to please us back. Yeah, I say. Yeah, she say. It always making surprises and springing them on us when we least expect. You mean it want to be loved, just like the Bible say. Yes, Eli, she say, everything want to be loved. Us sing and dance and make faces and give flower bouquets, trying to be loved. You ever notice that trees do everything to get attention we do, except walk? End quote. I really love this passage because it talks about something that we all know to be true. We all want to be loved and appreciated, to be shown love. But oftentimes it feels like perhaps we're not comfortable saying this out loud to the people that we want to like us. In doing those things, those acts, how a little plays to try and get the attention we want. We might find ourselves trying to get the attention of people who don't really get it. I remember once I liked this guy. And everything he did was exactly what I wanted But he was so puzzled by it Because to him, what he was doing was not valuable So I think he thought I was joking Maybe he thought I just wanted his money But I just liked the things that he was doing, right? And I did all these silly things to try and get his attention And it was not working (laughs) Then there are other people where I didn't make much of an effort But I could see that even if I did In places where I did make an effort and still same result The things that they appreciated about me were not the things I appreciated about myself or the things I appreciate about myself were things that they just completely trashed. Then there are other things where I did not make much of an effort because I could see that even if I did, the things they appreciated about me were not the things I appreciated about myself. So I would have had to put in a lot of effort to keep that up. And I didn't want to do that. In matters of the heart, I think we often underestimate the importance of compatibility when talking about love, like I gave in the examples before. And reflecting on this passage in The Colour Purple, I started to think more about what causes disappointment in a relationship, any kind of relationship, and came to the conclusion that so many times what is happening is that one person is failing to notice the purple, the wonderful thing in someone else's field. The pretty things that someone has made, the efforts they made to be noticed, new shoes, new lipstick, a new haircut, perfume, a new song, played or sung, a new recipe tried out for the first time, some sparkly thing on a wrist, a poem writ, a wood coving, a fish caught, barn built, quilt embroidered, joke told. We all have something that we do well or care about other people associating with us. And we use this, like male peacocks or God in Shug's example, to make ourselves appear more interesting and thus more worthy of love. In this conversation between Celia and Shug, Shug says God is showing off. He's trying to do things to get your attention. He's trying to do things to get you to love him. Obviously now there are some things that we do because we enjoy them and we will do them even if no one noticed. They bring us joy and that's enough. But there might also be some things in a general Venn diagram which fall into the category of things that we love and things that we also want others to appreciate about us. If you go and get a new haircut and nobody says, I like your new hair. If you go and get a new degree nobody says, congratulations, new job, no congratulations, new shoes. Nobody says they look nice. You wear a new dress. Nobody notices. Change your lipstick. Nobody notices. I don't know. You You kill a bear in the woods and nobody says, oh, wow, you're so strong. Well done, you weirdo. All these things try, start to pile up because you think people are not appreciating you for the things that you appreciate about yourselves. The things that you wake up and you think, this is what makes me me. This is what makes me good at being me I made a sort of resolution for myself when I was much younger that I wanted people around me who appreciate me for the things that I appreciate about myself so it means that I generally have no problem being different or standing out being the bookworm being sort of weird I only found this out recently I think I'm fine but because that's who I want to be There are some things about myself that I think set me apart and make me interesting to myself. The reasons why, if asked, I would choose to be alone and not with others because I have enough fun alone. That's the choice I've made. These are my purples. These are my purple flowers that I lovingly cultivate in my field. And when I meet people whose first response is to appreciate them instead of denigrating them, I'm always super happy. I gave the example yesterday of the ex in the library. However, the chances are, as I'm not necessarily an orthodox being, most of these things are not purples that people around me care to see. They don't see those purples, and even if they do, they might be inclined to point them out as weeds to be plucked out rather than the very flower that I've been cultivating with love and tenderness for decades. We all have different purples in our fields, And we're not always surrounded by people whose eyes are attuned for that frequency of colour. I think that's okay, except in a relationship where we want people to understand us, accept, affirm, and live with us. Perhaps because so many of my loved ones live abroad or too far to ever spend significant amounts of time with, I set a much higher standard of compatibility for someone who I might live with. Because the possibilities for you to ignore those purples in my field, disparage them, make me feel shitty about them, Are much higher if we're living together. There's one simple thing that I consider to be important when evaluating compatibility. And it is the question, what do you like about me that I also like about myself? So when I ask someone, what do you like about me? Or when someone tells me what they like about me, I'm evaluating that. Is that something that I like about myself? Or is it something that means that I have to put on a mask to enact that thing for you? This is super important to me because I generally wander off the beaten path and this is something that I love about myself. I'm not trying to be different. Quite frankly, I'm shocked to find myself off the beaten path every time because I always start out thinking everyone else is doing the same thing. (laughs) I would therefore hate to be in a relationship with anyone who did not find my adventures and eccentricities endearing. I definitely don't want to be appreciated for the things that I do well, but don't necessarily value, which is the other side of the coin. For example, I cook well, but because I consider cooking a life skill, someone bringing it up in response to why do you love her would be like someone saying I love her because she can ride a bike or count to 10. To me, it's ridiculous because while I cook well and sometimes make an effort to cook special food for people that I like, I would feed anybody. It's not a purple in my field. It's just an ordinary flower like a dandelion or a daisy. It's not something in my prize garden like chacarandas, which are actually purple, or bloom chrysanthemums, my favourite flower. These are nice flowers in a field which I share with people. But actually, it's a lot of work for me to do them. Rather than purples, which are just me, which flow out of me with ease, but are perhaps less likely to be appreciated by most people. Uh, I'm not sure if that came across clearly Um, Let me just (laughs) recap There might be some things Which are your purple flowers in your field Your shades of purple that you wish to share But even though They are most valuable to you um, They might also be simultaneously Easiest for you So it's valuable and easy Together on one side Whereas there are some things that other people value, which might not be the easy thing for you. Oh, that's clearer. I cook well. I like to cook. I like to have people over, but it takes a lot out of me. However, as I mentioned in yesterday's episodes, talking about books for five hours is nothing to me. So food, a larger group of people would appreciate. But for me, the purple in the field would be the book conversation. This, unfortunately, is what I want to be noticed for. I would gladly do more if I had more people noticing. It's what I want to spring on an appreciative audience when they least expect. <laughs> Instead, I have a captive audience with the five people listening to this podcast. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> we all have nice things to share with people, but it is our prized possessions our most interesting facets for which we want to be noticed and appreciated, like God in Shug's example. This is exactly what happened also with that guy that I mentioned earlier, the one that I liked. I was appreciating his roses and daisies because for me, they were purples, but they were not what his purples was. Maybe he would have preferred that I appreciated him for his money and we would have been happier getting to show that he was a great provider. But I just wanted someone to talk to about sci-fi. It sounds really stupid, but I think it's actually much more important that we realize if we do a sort of evaluation of our relationships and the people who bring us the most joy. For example, <laughs> talking about my friend who didn't see the color scheme in my house. I'm the kind of person who, um, you know, I memorize the color palettes and I'm like, oh, yes, you know, this is duck egg. This is geranium. I'm not just calling things blue, green and red. But if you're into fashion and brands, I am not a good friend for you because I have no idea what your purples are. And every time that you tell me how much things cost, instead of acting impressed that you could afford it, which I think is part of the cachet, I will tell you how many, how many months rent or how many holidays to Barbados you could get for that. I don't see that purple when it's in a field. I am not the right person. The same is my story about the house. Put me in a home store. I'm in my element. Same with books or a swimming pool. But a friend of mine took me to an expensive designer shop. You know, one of those ones that people talk about in rap songs. And I've never felt more like a villager in my life. I say, wow, Rumbi, you might as well just go back to Bike Bridge. <laughs> I didn't even know that these bags in the shop have names. She walked up and she's like, oh, could I buy the Caroline from this year's collection? I go, wow, they have names. <laughs> is it your friend? And then she told me the price and I had to sit down. (laughs) I was out of my element and completely uninterested in all the ostentatious shows of wealth around me. These were not purples I would notice in a field. And even if all the bags had stood up and walked, I would still have wanted to go home. In the same way, if I was friends with a singer and I personally hated music or could not appreciate it, that would be difficult. If I was friends with a dancer or I hated ballet or art or whatever else, I would be missing out on the purples in their meadows. It doesn't mean that you don't have other things in common, but if that's their most important thing, you're missing out on a huge aspect of them. They would be walking around, trilling and pirouetting around, and i will just be irked by it, and eventually it would be a problem. Their purple would begin to wilt in the absence of my son, and it would be sad. Continuing with this theme, from a completely opposite and funny angle, Guillermo de Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities had a very interesting episode in which there was a lady who didn't love herself as she was. Her husband adored her. He thought she was great, but is a quirky character, definitely off the beaten path. She, however, wanted to be more like the other ladies at work. She wanted to be beautiful. She wanted to be, you know, the kind of person that walks into a room and everyone turns around and pays attention to her and asks how she's doing, blah, blah, blah. All that kind of stuff. that's fine of course there's nothing wrong with that but it meant that everything about her that her husband loved about her her personality her interest the way that she was was not what she wanted to be loved for and so in the end watch this episode it affected the relationship in a really big way (laughs) i have no other way to say that a really big way (laughs) When I was watching that episode, I thought to myself, you know, sometimes it's not enough, you know, to be looking at somebody and say, oh, I love you because of X, Y and Z. And the person wants to be loved because of one, two, three. Just as in the quote, when we see that we're not appreciated for one thing or one set of things that we might love about ourselves, one ray of light that we send out into the world in hopes of being appreciated, we might try something else. Celia asks, What does God do when people don't notice the purple in the field? And Shag answers, oh, it makes something else. People think pleasing God is all God cares about. But any fool living in the world can see it all is trying to please us back. A lot of love is just people trying to spring little surprises on each other to make each other happy, to bring shared joy and create memories. The difficulty lies in finding people for whom joy, funny, nice, fun, good, beautiful and valuable mean the same thing as it does to you. So you don't end up putting your best work into a world that cannot or will not appreciate it. I have no answers for that part or how to find these people. I apologize, but I do wish you all the best. As of today, you have 24 hours uh, in which to find someone to spend commercial love day with you tomorrow. May the odds be over in your favor. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for joining me for the second day of our Valentine's Week special. Join me tomorrow to talk about my good friend Mavlut, a man who found happiness where he was not looking for it, and my continued quest to find out how and why that was possible. Ciao. Ciao.